the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 22 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com, but on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it is before the fight, as I'm recording this just after the weigh-ins, after actually a second take of this show. Um... And yes, so everyone's weighed in here. I'm on Las Vegas time, UFC Vegas 22, UFC on ESPN 21, UFC Brunson versus Holland. Check the timestamps for when that breakdown starts. As per usual, I'm going to recap with some notes and shouts, a little bit of extra of those notes in the beginning here. So again, check the timestamps for when said relevant breakdown starts. As per usual, I provide them in the show notes, whether you're on YouTube. Hello, one-year anniversary, Daniel Tom MMA. If you want to jump on board, just cleared 400. Thank you very much. Or on Apple Podcasts, thank you for the five-star ratings and reviews. I'm going to, not today because I'm a bit late, but I am going to get to those, and I appreciate those piling in. Of course, in the show notes, wherever you're listening to, it'll mark where the breakdown starts as I start them from top to bottom, main event down to the bottom, and at the very end of all these breakdown shows that we give you for every, almost on the weekly now, right? Um, we recap the picks and plays at the very end. If you want to skip our short on time, or let's be honest, you just don't want to listen to your boy, which I won't take personally. I'm just glad you're here. So if you're here for the first time, that is the format uh, in my defense for one of the few one-man shows. I feel like I get through that format of a recap, a breakdown, top to bottom on both, pretty thorough, plus plays, plus a recapping it at the end so you don't have to go searching. Something else I try to do for you here uh, in my defense, and I am bringing that up because I am going to ask for all the extended credit as I give you guys a warning. There's going to be some... um, off-topic talk to start the show. I was very hesitant, especially after the last take. It's very hard to get through. It's also very hard to get through my tape study with events going on. So as I give you the warning that I did not do my usual extensive thorough, thorough Mr. Lebowski, thorough tape study, uh, I will also give you the reason why, not just to give you an excuse because, hey, you know, who doesn't doesn't give excuses in this space? (laughs) That wasn't a shot at anybody in particular. That's a shot at me and everybody, right? <laughs> but uh, no, um, it, it, it's relevant because um, to what's going on. And, and even though I um, I think I've gotten an influx, I'm going to guess, of new listeners. Uh, so that's why I wanted to make sure to lay down the show how it usually goes. Um, at the risk of losing those or losing longtime listeners or, or followers, as I did this week, anytime I, I speak up for, you know, God forbid women or racists being discriminated, targeted, and killed. Um, yeah, you tend to lose followers when you do, when you do those things, um, which is says a lot about today. Um, but yeah, so uh, there uh, is going to be a, just a bit of that talk because at the risk of doing that, it's something that needs to be said. And even though this is a place where I can confidently say you can come to for analysis, comedy, not taking things too seriously... And even though my brand of humor is certainly weird, I am not everybody's cup of tea, but you'll you'll get some good laughs listening to this, and it's something I pride myself on, guys. I want that to be the destination here. Um, I I make fun of all, but I also welcome all. Um, But I also, you know, this is also perhaps relevant to how I do things, too. This isn't just going to be me calling people out. I am somebody who, just like when I talk about, you know, uh, betting trends or talk crap about these things. Like, I'm, I'm, it's usually I'm citing me uh, falling trap and prey to these things, right? So believe me, I, like all things, I am no better. Um, of course, this is regarding hashtag stop Asian hate. And, you know, if you're a white guy or someone who's not interested or, man, I don't want to hear fucking white guys being targeted because you guys have definitely not gotten it great or been represented well, let's just say. Uh, let me remind you, I'm, I'm pretty much half a white guy myself, all right? If I don't already sound like one, I grew up and I'm born in America 
And even though this country has not been great to my people, especially as of late, as far as the Asian Americans or Asian American Pacific Islanders as I am, that doesn't mean I don't, you know, uh, love and appreciate all the places I've been in this country. And I've been to many places in this country, know many people, and friends with many different kinds of people. Something I pride myself here. I think we have a diverse guest list. And even though we are doing better at, you know, we like to think we're doing better. I think last year taught us that, sadly, racism and things like that are alive and well. And usually people questioning this being the hashtag reply guy TM. Shout out to Fernanda Pratas. Um, you know, again, you know, questioning, I don't know about this, is this racially connected? Um, you know, either are white dudes or avatars with guys, you know, white dudes, you know, right? And it's, it's, and it's not just race. It's a lot of the common thread with a lot of things and including this, this all connects to MMA and as well as what I've been posting this week. So this actually has a connection, folks, and I will push on the breakdown. But um, women are just as much. We could take the racism stuff if that's a turnoff for you. Fine, let's, let's say there's not racism. You know who was, what was the common, what else was the common thread aside Asians? They were women. Um, sex workers is certainly another part of the equation that deserves to be recognized um, for the right reasons. Um, but it's just so weird. Like, you know, I got a bunch of new subscribers, for example, and thank you. I got a bunch of positive comments, by the way, for doing my man's Clint show uh, at Die Hard MMA Pod, Die Hard MMA Podcast on YouTube. Like and subscribe to his videos. Follow Clint on Twitter at Die Hard MMA Pod. He's a good dude, good energy, and he keeps a good ship. You know, it was like I would say thirty to one positive to, to negative comments, but really it was just like all positive comments and maybe two negative ones. And I saw some uptick, which to be honest, whether it's YouTube or Twitter, I deserve more negative comments for one reason or the other slash i'm also surprised i don't get more given the state how twitter is we know twitter's bad of course it's a hierarchy it goes twitter and mma twitter's worse and then mma gambling twitter's probably the worst right and hey i'm a part of it too folks so again shitting on myself here don't take it personally um but it's just weird like the the negative comments i got it wasn't even about despite anti-asian stuff being the soup du jour not just this week by the way but for a long time and growing this last year. Um, no one really commented on that. Like most of the stuff, it was like, I can't remember, it's not worth remembering, but like it was like, you know, like throw like a girl type of thing, like calling me like, you know, a woman or, you know, they're not even like gay. I'm like, man, at least, you know, like I thought I grew up in the 90s where it was like, you know, that that was the insult. And like, homo, you know, uh, not to trigger anybody, but no, they were using like lesbian or trans, like, even with those things, like, it was all, whether it was racial or sexist or, you know, homophobic or, you know, it wasn't even in the traditional uh, ways or, like, the right gender. So it was like, not only are you not comically insulting me, you're not even intelligent enough to, like, get the insult right with the gender or the race. And not only would they get it wrong showing how stupid they were, but perhaps how much incels like that really uh, do occupy the MMA Twitter space like because the hate for women was the other common thread there like it's all like that's what I noticed and you can say oh they're just words yeah it's all just words right and again I don't give a shit about politics folks I'm not trying to tell you who to like who to that's not what I'm telling I'm just I just want you to be aware that women and Asians and sex workers are human beings that's my whole point here okay and words do matter, which is why I kind of called myself out in the beginning. And I'm going to be examining, I feel like I'm generally punching up with, there's a nice, you know, there's a good sense while still having a respect for the fighters, even though using them to cue jokes or this or that. I feel like it's a dangerous line to walk, but I feel like I've walked it okay. You could certainly take a whole lot out of context and get me canceled for life. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Um, But with that noted, like I need to be more careful myself, but no, that it, it's more than just words, man. And kind of like David Cho said in April last year, that really aged well in the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, you know, again, it's not politics here. I don't. I, I could give a shit about. You notice I never posted anything about Trump, anti-Trump. I I give a shit about that. Um, but when the dudes started, really started, just you know, when the when the racial stuff started and just the 
both sides to the the Kung flu and China virus later on. That's the shit I don't stand for, folks. If you notice, I don't clog your things with political feeds or here. I don't want to be that place. Um, not that I believe, you know, the stay in your lane shit's bullshit, by the way. But you could say I try to stay in my lane, but that's what a lot of us Asians do. That's why we have the model minority myth. That's why even now, when our people are being targeted at 150% upwards clip from what they normally were targeted as, you know, and this goes back to the 1800s for Chinese people, the only people, Chinese people, by the way, declared by this government to not be deemed as human beings with the Exclusion Act. You know, uh, just so many laws, laundromat laws, to drive out the Asians trying to set up businesses, uh, massacres from gold mines, because we already were over here on, in kind of indentured servitude and slavery. We were one of the biggest slave projects who built the railroads, the Chinese did. And um, I don't remember the details of the massacre, but I know that the Chinese were clever and that since they were being abused and used for mining, the way they snuck the gold out was that they would melt, they would steal away bits of gold, small bits, small bits, till they got enough, and then they would melt them at night. They would melt the gold into pots, and then they would take charcoal and cover it to make it look like dirty pots and pans, and they'd go back to China with the gold. And I think someone caught on to that. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, fucking the 80s, to, you know, or the internment camps in World War II, the Japanese, I know they weren't bad as the one the Germans, it's my Jewish brothers and sisters, but they are internment camps by this country nonetheless. Um, 80s saw a rise in Japanese beatings. An auto industry. Toyota. Makes me love my Toyota more. Um, saw an uptick. Riots. Talking to some of my Korean friends now. Don't feel safe and talking about, you know, I'm not someone for violence, but should I carry a gun? Should I tell my family to carry a gun? I'm worried. And you know what? I don't advertise violence either, or advocate violence at all. 100% I don't. That being said, I can understand why someone would be afraid with what's going on. That was, you know, moving up to the timeline to now. I'm skipping a lot, by the way, but for the sake of brevity, but it's... You know, 92 LA riots, that was all the Korean businesses, and the inflation, you know, all the other stuff they got pinned and, and just fucking taken out for. Um, a lot of them started carrying weapons and then you just see, you know, it's just color on color crime and it sucks. And of course, and again, not picking on the white guy or anything, but just again, the reply guy, TM guy, I I'm seeing all them chiming in saying, well, you know, Blacks are, uh, this guy's not defending this kid, saying it's not racially motivated, driving to three different places to target Asian women. But, And and then uh, conveniently, conveniently, the reply guy TMs are bringing up the fact that an, uh, almost a 90% of recorded cri hate crimes against Asians are done by black men. And I'm like, but they're conveniently l l leaving out the empathy for the Asians. It's weird. No, not a sentence of empathy, but many sentences defending these kids and pointing the fingers at other races. And then you have the media spiking it, you know, with doing unfair coverage. They're not talking about the victims as Asian, but then they're releasing separate click articles of how the black community can help Asians right now. And it just really, sp you don't want to read the replies. It's really ugly. But it also, even though I don't think the media should be showing, should be focusing more on our black allies, and thank you to all my friends, white, black, Canadian, American, across the pond, um, spreading the Stop Asian Hate. I love you guys, and, and I appreciate you. It's not unseen, believe me. Um, but yeah, the, the media tends to focus on the negative voice out there, which sucks, but it sucks even more because even though I don't want to focus on it, there is, there's a reason why that, that, that those things do exist, and that makes the Asian American experience a bit unique because and it's a lot of it's due to our fault folks we don't raise our hand even in times like these for help you go to a mental institution the only Asians you see is maybe a Filipino working there not shit not, not trying to <laughs> talk about the nurse stereotype I'm just saying you know what I'm saying like if you see an Asian or Pacific Islander they, they work there it's not, it's not okay to do what I did folks to come out about depression Tourette's OCD like it's not okay it's looked at as weak. Um, just like, you know, to these reply guys or the Twitter incels. It's looked at as weak. Which is funny because even though there's all these facts supporting it, and by the way, personally, 
your boy's doing just fine. Look at me. You, anybody coming at me is just hater mentality. I'm fine. You come at me all day. It's coming at my people. It's coming at women. It's coming at elderly people, sex workers, the vulnerable. That's why I have a fucking problem, folks. You come at me all day. I'm doing fine. I'm doing just fine. And it's not because I have some stupid blue check mark. No. I get to do what I love. I get to stop doing this if I want to. I get to, you know, I, I take, you know, what are you going to say? Oh, he lives in his mom's basement. No, I, I live in my own fucking house and I take care of my fucking mother. I take care of my fucking people. Oh, this journal never stepped in. I stepped in the fucking cage. I stepped in the fucking ring. I stepped on the fucking mat. Now, I may look like fucking, you know, short round express here with glasses, but even older, out of shape, injured. If you're not an active amateur fighter, professional fighter, you better be fucking good because I'll fuck you up. I'm fine. Oh, by the way, yeah, Dan, Dan complains about uh, Asian films and, you know, not, you know, oh, not letting Romeo, it must die, Jet Li Kessily. I'm like, yeah, it would have helped me. And I'm not kidding. Like, I joke, I cite Eddie Wong. Like, yeah, it would have helped us get laid more in high school, sir. But believe me, man, I, I outkicked my coverage then. And I'll kick it even. I'm dating a, a, an incredibly hot girl right now. That's for, for what it's worth. That is way you know out of my league. I'm doing fine, man. I'm not letting any of this shit hold me back. But that doesn't. Does that mean that it's not true? Does that mean that that the racism is not out there? Of course, of course it doesn't. It's out there, man. And it's just so weird whether it's racial issues or women, the people questioning it and directing traffic as far as question everything and, and the replies our reply guy TM guys are and again I'm half a white guy folks this isn't an anti-white but I have plenty of white this isn't it, I'm not trying to be that believe me but isn't that strange though that that white guys are directing traffic on issues regarding women and race when the f how how is that the authority to question it and it's not even devil's advocate at this point you know can we just recognize that fucking Asians are being attacked? That they, they haven't gotten the fair shake? A representation? And the film stuff is relevant. As I referenced Dave Cho on April in 2020 on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, he talks about Minari finally breaking that glass ceiling. Or not Minari, uh, Parasite. Parasite. And a month later, a virus fucking turns all that Asian momentum away, man. A year later, we get Minari, Asian families that represents Asians growing up in America, something I relate to. But not just that, Asian family growing up in the South. Not a couple days later, after Minari breaks the glass ceiling, Asians are slain in the South. So it's, it's just fucking tough, man. It is a really tough week to get through for me, obviously. So this is why I, I, didn't, I didn't do the, the tape study, and I'm, I apologize. I probably already list, lost a bunch of listeners, just like I lost followers for posting this stuff. But it's worth it, man, because there's even as small and measly as my fucking, and as much as I don't care about the blue check mark, and as small and measly as my following really is when you look at my stats, folks, it doesn't matter. Um, I, 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 I'm not complaining about it, especially today, because my shit's actually been going up despite the negative tone of things. But more so, it doesn't matter what the platform is. All us Asians, not, we don't, there's not many of us that have that pl the platform. And we got to use it right now, man. And it's sad that it's taking this, but I finally think we're finally starting to get some recognition. And it sucks because with what comes with it is all the fucking replies and all the fucking insults that a lot of us, I don't want to speak for all Asians and their experiences, but yeah, a lot of us grew up in, man. And I apologize if I hurt you, Shaq fans, and that that seems irrelevant too. Well, that ties in too. And if anything, I was guilty of that thread outside of my opinion, which you're welcome to disagree on, was that I didn't focus enough on what Shaq was doing in the mansplaining as far as treating women, which again is relevant, right? It's not just uh, stop Asian hate. It's not just racial stuff going on. It's It's women that are being attacked too here. And yeah, man, a lot of the stuff, it, 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 it creates emotionally. And yeah, a lot of the stuff, I was emotional and I was triggered and I was holding a lot of that shit in since childhood, you know? As a kid who had to grow up in fucking white neighborhoods and I related more and spent more time with my black friends and spent time at their house with their families and played basketball and, and not that that has one to do with the other, but I love basketball. That was my sport. You guys know my story. So yeah. Whether it was with white people or when I was hanging out with all my black friends, 
You're always the Asian guy, man. You're always the foreigner, the perpetual foreigner, born in this fucking country. You know? Um, and, you know, watch the words you use, especially if I was using, like, Hawaiian slang or something, like, out here in the 90s in mainland fucking America. Like, and, and get, having guys like Shaq and Chuck saying racist-ass shit toward Asians on TNT, the same platform they have 20 fucking years later, didn't help. And not just the video evidence of racism, but also the anecdotal from first-hand family. Uh, my Aunt Wendy, who used to be like a celebrity handler, handle their schedules when they came in, Lakers come in, celebrity games, early 2000s, and Shaq denies fucking Asian orphans. The part I left out is actually there was one black, and he wasn't even black, he was Samoan. But it must have looked like to Shaq that he was black, and that was the one kid he made time for. All the other kids fucking stood there. And... It was fucking heartbreaking. Dude had nothing to fucking do. And I'm not saying you need to like Shaq. Dude, my homie John Franklin, who probably hates me because he's a big Shaq fan. I, I still love him, even if he hate, hates me for this opinion. Dude, you guys know I love George and Ghost. Those guys are Laker diehards. So I'm, I'm sure that they, they, they like Shaq to a degree. Do you think they're not friends with me? They know how I feel. Are they not my friends? They're still my friends. You think I still I love them any less? No. Fucking lay down in traffic for those dudes. I'm not telling you what politic to be. This is not about it. This is just recognizing human beings for human beings. Recognizing women for women. Recognizing Asians as human beings. And recognizing assholes for fucking assholes. You can still like them. I mean, I don't like BJ anymore because of the shit he did. I'm not saying you need to, to do me. You could still appreciate someone as an athlete. I have to do that as my job if they're active. I'm not telling you what to like and dislike. But yeah, dude, the guy's got a fucking track record of disrespecting his colleagues, men, women, uh, different races uh, but it was funny as emotional as I was about that it A re related with the women thing to relevant what's being talked about and B you want to call me emotional and triggered there was a lot of emotionally triggered guys up in the comments about my opinions on Shaq um, and it was literally the, of a whole thread they take one sentence that was the opinion which was that he was overrated and, of course, these were all Reply Guy TMs. Coincidentally, all, all, all white dudes, again, <laughs> their avatars. Coincidentally, ignoring the racism, sexism, anti-Asian stuff. Yeah, none, none of that, but they were literally writing replies and replies on sentences, trying to, just so upset that I had the opinion that he was overrated. And, of course, I humored some of them and explained that he, he was overrated a lot part due to the commentators and how the refs played him. The commentators built him up and overrated him while the refs treated him like a fucking diva that he clearly was behind the scenes um, to the league. Oh, I'm so big. I'm just so big. Even now, he's a commentator. That's his whole fucking punchline. That's his whole game of being big. That's his whole... Con like, I don't know. We don't want to upset Shaq. We want to upset me. I'm so big. Oh, you're so big, Shaq? Oh, oh fucking really, you fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, like... Sorry, I just. Ooh, I just. This is going longer than the first one, but I'm just gonna keep it in. Fuck it, I'm not re-recording this. But yeah, like people were trying to defend that shit and the size thing. They were taking that little dick energy argument where you take one thing out of the context and you go, oh wait, so without a size and athleticism, he's not a, a good basketball player. No shit, Sherlock. And they use that as a quote tweet, as like their one fucking shield out of con. I hate that. Is the most little dick energy thing. Um. More little dick energy than these fucking incel young white men getting owned by Asian grandmas on the street, you know. Um, it's fucking incels, probably the same incels on Twitter. But, like, yeah, and, and, like, the funny part is if they follow me, you only follow me for combat sports. So the fact that they couldn't understand the pound-for-pound pound argument that I was trying to make um, as far as his skills, like, it was extra hilarious. Like, and again... You know, if you want to play the stereotypes, it comes from cars, which, you know, auto racing, NASCAR, that's a white guy thing, right? Reply guy TM. You're familiar with pound for pound. But no, most people aren't familiar with history, which is why I got to lose half my listeners for 25 minutes updating you guys on history of pound for pound to Asian hate in this country. Um, anyways, so just hashtag stop Asian hate. I apologize if I offended anybody with my shack opinion, uh, but hopefully you guys can see the greater thing beyond that. And, um, again, you don't have to, this doesn't mean go fucking, you know, I mean, you want to support Asian restaurants, you can do that, but I'm not telling you to go fucking empty your bank account at a sushi restaurant and go suck off the chef. 
you can if you want. He'd probably appreciate that. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not you know I'm not saying you'd be you know gung ho Asian or whatever. But like fuck man, just have some awareness, have some care. You know, stop perpetuating stereotypes. And I'll I'll try my best too. I know, you know I make my jokes on here. We'll get to Salzburger. <laughs> but no, I mean you know it, it, it's just. You know, speaking of which, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about persecuted people. That's why another reason why I love my Jewish brothers and sisters so much. Why, even though I make my jokes, I, I, I oftentimes spread a lot of awareness and sympathies as well. Because, you know, it's when it comes to anti-Semitic bullshit. Because, again, I don't have to be Jewish to, to sympathize folks with people, you know, you know, being bullied <laughs> historically. It's not fun. Um, all right, anyways, pushing on, 25 minutes, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, how many listeners did I lose with that? All right, we're going to go to recap uh, UFC Vegas 21. Leon Edwards defeated Bilal Muhammad. Uh, no, it didn't. It was a no contest, no decision. Uh, that was uh, Herb Dean's move that night, I believe. Um, but it looked like the softball double attack and all the left side of stuff I called for was making that fight go Edwards' way, which is unfortunate. Of course, Herb Dean did the thing that I always do to you guys when I talk about John Jones. He did the, okay, this, yeah, this. You know, forever warning Herb Dean. And then it leads to that. So, go figure. That being said, even though Edwards was showing to win the fight, I do believe that it's more it's more than fair to get a, get a rematch there for Bilal. Um, Ryan Span defeated Misha Serkinov. Oof, ate that one. Went 7-4 oh, and four in picks overall. Uh... Two and two with an asterisk in straight plays. Zero and one parlay pieces. One and one in props. Um, anyways, uh, definitely missed this play on Misha. Uh, this band came out, got him, got to feel good for uh, you know four to seven May. At least I do. Uh, you know, sucks for Misha. Seems like such a nice guy, but man, just he just can't seem to get over not, not getting wanting to get caught cold. And sure enough, it's like it's on your mind and you get caught cold. Speaking of getting caught cold, Danny he defeated Gavin Tucker. I played that, like I told you, but again, I wasn't pumping it up because it was a biased play. I honestly felt that the way the line was going, you know, there was much more of an argument that it was more of a dog or pass. So me overcorrecting on my bias, didn't want to lead you guys that way, but did tell you where my pick and play was, and it cashed. But even people that were picking and playing Ige more confidently than me will tell you they did not expect that. Speaking of not expecting things, Davey Grant, hello, Davey. Come on, Dan, you can cheer up with Davey Grant. No, Davey, your creepy voice. It's not probably cheering up me or the listeners after the bullshit I just laid on them, but you uh, <laughs> certainly cheered up people who bet on you. And congrats to the Grant betters on there. The Martinez line was wide. I was on it. I paid the price. Martinez was making me look right every step of the way. Davy Grant, you know, defying the odds. Not much of a knockout threat despite what he got on Martin Day, who showed chin issues. Nevertheless, Davy Grant, as goofy as it was, as much as you getting owned by leg kicks, dropped and beat down in the first, he comes back and does this flashy version of credit where credit's due, man. That was like the Masvidal till knockout or the Davy Grant slinging bones version of it uh, for Davy Grant, man. Uh, hope hope Dragon can bounce back from that. Mateus Nikolau uh, defeated Manal Cape. It took Nikolau at dog odds. It was cash, but I will say my live scorecard. Uh, I haven't rewatched, of course, was for Cape Cop whatever. Um, I'm usually a guy that goes for the technical stuff and the more well-rounded body of work, more longer winning of the round. Uh, but damage, it should be prioritized. However, you still got to do some decent damage. Uh, but I still feel like Cap did enough slash Nikolai was barely holding it together. And what, even though he was landing a lot of really good counters that are often missed by the common eye, they still weren't even getting an inkling of respect uh, from Manel. So that being said, for my betting sake and pick sake, yeah, I mean, good thing Nikolai won. But hey, man, again, you guys know me. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, victory lap too hard. I'll call it how it is. Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. Boy, that one went to no decision and saved my ass, didn't it? Not that it mattered because Martinez fell. But uh, maybe I was overcorrecting the steering wheel from constantly fading Darren Stewart. Uh, minus when he face, faces Darren Wynn, that is. Uh, catch that. But he, um, yeah, did not look good. And Eric Anders looked great. Again, that, that fight-ready team, man. They, uh, you know, I'm not throwing shade, by the way. I mean, look at Eric Anders comes out here and does, I mean, it's, it's a compliment. You know, it's like one of those things where, like, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Okay, sure. But, I, you know, it's, it's a compliment. And, again, folks, for what it's worth, not accusing 
or tying this to the fight ready comment I just made, just saying, apropos of nothing, like, um, I, I don't really care about the steroid stuff. Uh, I'm not like ardently against, I just hate the hypocrisy in it is all like with USADA and all this bullshit. And we'll talk about the way in for this card. Um, yeah. Uh, Eric Anders looked great, though. And then, by the way, uh, shout-out to my man, um, Aaron Bronstetter. Great interviews, as usual, on the TSN MMA show. Um, he he uh, interviewed a what sounded like a very drunk Cejudo, by the way. Um, and it was kind of funny to hear Cejudo, um, of all people, Olympic person of all people, fight-ready guy of all people, saying, uh, dude, people found a way around USADA at this point. So that was really, that was kind of a... A very mo. That was probably the most. It was a real quick slip in that interview, but it's probably the most honest he was because he was in full cringe mode while drunk. So, again, you know, I, I say these little nods here, folks, and sure enough, the visual evidence, anecdotal evidence from the people and the horses them fucking selves, you know. But whatever, it's your guys's. It's your guys's game. You don't have to put up with my rants all the time, but you know, it's a small cost of entry today. Anyways. Um, but yeah, Eric Anders, I was wrong on that one though, as far as the, uh, the way that was going to go. Let's be honest, right? Sympathy to you, Anders better, by the way. Angela Hill defeated Ashley Yoder, one-way traffic. I know that was on my avoid and boy, she rolled, right? Okay. Charles Jordan defeated Marcelo Rojo. Rojo looked pretty good early and then Jordan just picked it up. Got the third round cash. Shouts to my man Brasschuk for calling that and the submish. Um... Which I tailed, even though the Smish didn't catch, but the third round, the Derek Love special. Man, I haven't said the D Love special in a while. Shout out to D Love, MMA Gambler. See, I, 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 love, I, I love most of y'all out there. I know I talk shit about MMA Gambling Twitter, but, you know, that doesn't mean there's a bunch of good uh, good eggs out there. And, 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 and I try to shut you guys here on the show. Um, but, yeah, uh, but I guess also I didn't, I didn't hear it live. People were like, shout out to Jordan for calling it live. Like, I wasn't listening to live. I was on Twitter Spaces with Aaron. Um, which was cool. Shout out to Alexander Rakic, who was uh, kind enough to join us. That was cool getting to know him a bit more. Uh, Ariel Hawani joined. I think you guys might, might have heard of him before. Uh, it was cool to officially kind of chat with him. I, I met him back at UFC 125, but that wasn't worth remembering, uh, of course. Uh, so I don't blame him there. But, like, yeah, people were surprised. Like, you and Ariel have met? I'm like, dude, I don't even think Ariel's been going to shows for how many years now. But I, my beat doesn't require me to go to shows unless it's, like, Contender Series. Um Cause I don't. If I go, I gotta work, folks. We got. We already got. We got the man, John Morgan. We got the, the lead horse, <laughs> not just for us, but man, like, you know, he's he's the vet out there. Uh, obviously, Kevin Ioli's a huge vet too. I'm not gonna ignore that, but you know what I mean. Like, believe me, folks. I'm I'm not trying to get any more work slash work. Uh, I'm not qualified for. So uh, that's why I don't go to the shows. Um, or try to, I should say. Um, yeah, but uh, that was really fun. So shouts to Aaron, Ariel, um, fucking Jason Hagelin was on there. My man Lucas Grandshire was on there. It was cool. Uh, apologies if I'm not forgetting. Uh, oh, Sean Sheehan, of course. Sean. Sean's the man. Go check out his uh, podcast. Um, honey, yeah, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's honey, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, uh, you guys see me post Dead Man's Party, and it, like, sinks. Sure enough, sings perfectly with Hani Yaya. Um, and he did his uh, he did his thing. Uh, oh, man. It sucks to see Ray Rodriguez take it out. He's, he's a guy I like, but, you know, that, that's Hani Yaya in there. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully Ray doesn't feel too bad for that one. Uh, Nazrat Hakparaz defeated Rafael Garcia. He didn't miss decision. That's why I thought of that one going. Uh, J.J. Aldridge defeated Courtney Casey. I actually scored it for... I didn't... No, I scored it for Aldridge, but I was sympathy for Casey. I, I was one of the few. Um, and again, it wasn't coming at commentary. Fucking all those guys do great. Brendan's going to be on again. And I, I love Brendan Fitzgerald. Check out Fitz Nation, by the way. Great podcast. Love Brendan. Does a great job. So, And all the commentators do. I just, you know, it happens. And it, I just felt like there was a lot of Casey bias, you know. Um, in that first round, um, and those stats also seemed really off. I didn't go back to look at what the official counts are because they're not official that night, folks. They get adjusted because human error is a motherfucker. Uh, Jin Yu Frey defeated Gloria DePaula. I uh, was wrong about this one. <laughs> I'll spare the joke that uh, someone DM'd me, but uh, yeah, um, you could apply maybe the brothers stereotype. There's one good one, one bad one with uh, Gloria DePaula with. Is she look good on the feet, by the way? Just there's a clear hole in the ground. Um, she's going to have to talk to Chucky Olives and Chitara uh, and get on that train more to help. 
even though she's tired and she needs to focus on hers too. A good on Jeannie Fry and Fortis MMA. Um, I, I feel like, you know, without Safe Sayed, I don't know if Jeannie Fry would have won that because, like, you need a guy like Safe Sayed who's, like, performance-enhancing drugs in that corner that's going to step up your volume. That's something for you betters to consider, man. That's why I always say I hate picking against Fortis. You know, I say that for good reason when I do. I, I mean it. Um, Matthew Simmelsberger, Simmelsberger, swinging on Shabbos. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Wow, Dan, a whole fucking 25 minutes on radio. You're going into the fantasy Jewish friendly. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Forget over, pa forget Passover. This one's not passing the under. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Uh, happy Passover, by the way, I believe. Is it is it Passover? Is it coming up to my Jewish brothers and sisters there? Uh, Simmelsberger came through. I, I should not have went against the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> FGFL, <laughs> you know, um, we got to come up with a better, better nickname for that for um, for me, uh, Aaron and Brad, who I'm the only non-Jewish person of that group <laughs> for our virtual Jewish team uh, there. But uh, yeah, Semmelsberger got him on the board. I think uh, my, that was on my man Aaron's TSN Edge play, who uh, I believe has been killing it with those. Either way. Check out Aaron's stuff. He's, he's a good man. All right, let's see what time that is, and that marks off our recap, 36 minutes. We're going to jump and do a really quick breakdown here. Um, of uh, Sorry, folks. I'm, 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 try I'm trying to inject the comedy after that shit I put you through. Um, and it's not going to be normal here, folks. So I, I keep it, too. Look at me. It's fucking following the model minority myth there, just being apologetic. For shit that I shouldn't have to be, but I honestly just try to keep this show as a tight ship. So, yeah, if you weren't expecting that, hopefully I didn't fuck your day up there. Um, we'll keep it light, just like with the recap, just like we normally do here. USC on ESPN 21. We got Kevin Holland minus 175, despite opening at plus 100. As the public has now pushed Derek Brunson down to a plus 155 dog. Um, like I said in my podcast, or my, my breakdown, and like I said on um, Die Hard MMA show, Clint's show, I feel like this line swing is classic uh, MMA better stuff that, like, I can see why it swing. My analysis is on the same side, but I feel like it's really dangerous to sleep on Derek Brenson, which, if it's not already obvious enough, how many times he's cashed as a dog, but, like, at this line value now, I don't know. I feel like there's some value on Brunson. So if you're on Brunson here, I'm not hating. Um, I'm wishing you luck. Um, but my, my official pick is, is going to be Holland here. He is 5-0 and against UFC Southpaw, 6-0 and if you count two-time uh, Contender Series alum, uh, Victor Reyna, um, which makes sense. He's a burst fighter, opportunistic fighter, who likes to look for that right hand. So against Southpaws, maybe he will do his best work, you know, a la Tyron Woodley, right? Even though he's a much more goofier and active version of a burst fighter, right? Than Whitley is, obviously. Uh, whereas Whitley is the conservative of conservative burst fighters. Um, Holland can be out-wrestled, which I think Brunson will go for. He's finally trended back toward his wrestling in his last three fights. That's also been a key there. He's got a very flexible style um, that usually involves kind of like Habib, where he's okay with failing on the first shot in order to get you to the fence, where he has multiple options from there. He's going to have the small cage. That's not going to hurt him. Um, as we saw in his last time out, and as we saw, that can be done with Holland. However, Holland, it's like he takes these fights so often that like he comes in with the knee brace and looks like he can barely stay on the on the feet with Stewart. Like, not that I'm saying Stewart wouldn't have made that a closer fight than what it was. And anyways, but I'm just saying like, you know, Holland looked injured. Then he gets one way traffic by Brendan Allen, who's training with Brunson. You know, that's a red flag, right? Um, however, you got to remind yourself that. Kevin Holland took that fight on short notice and coming off a shoulder in injury that would later kind of plague him for a small stretch there. Um, and you see him, like, kicking Brendan Allen's ass and then just, you know, getting lazy in a scramble, which he admittedly does and will be costly here if he does it again, by the way. Um, but you factor all those things against a black belt specialist. Like, yeah, okay. Now, Brunson could get the same result as a brown belt two-time division two, I believe, All-American. Um, he's got a serviceable game on top when he goes to it. He's not afraid to put his hicks in, float from mount. Um, but I do believe he'll need a couple rounds of cooking time. 
um, if he wants to re replicate, you know, the two people that have, you know, which are specialists, Lovato, obviously, another level, and then Allen, who he trained with, you know. So, again, a lot of value here from that standpoint. But, you know, when 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 Brunson goes against a guy who has confidence or messes with that that has that has that bravado, he seems that seems to draw things out of him, or at the very least, draw bad performances out of him, right? And Kevin Holland kind of checks that box. So this is one where, like, usually I'd be all about the vet, durable southpaw wrestler who can, as a dog, is my favorite underdog archetype. And Brunson can wrestle, and he's a southpaw. And although he has shown better durability as of late, I don't know, you know. Uh, well, Shabazian still wasn't proven. He was still just a young kid. He was catching Tavares at a bad time coming off an injury. You know, he can still catch a lot of people regardless of what we saw from him against Brunson and what we think of him since subsequently. So it's really hard to say, whereas Holland's also a small, a sm uh, is a smaller uh, middleweight like uh, Brunson arguably is these days, even though he still has that power. But maybe not power, but more precision Holland has. And even though he's more opportunistic with it, I see him finding a shot between one and three. So he's going to be my pick. But do I hate anybody going for Brunson there? I'm sure there's better angles that I haven't looked into betting-wise. But, yeah, I don't blame you for going for the dog. I didn't play Holland or um, any of the inside the uh, inside the distance. Let's see. Yeah, over and unders are tight. Nothing too sexy there that I like. Um, maybe you sprinkle on an under no matter who you go with as a hedge. But that's about it. Under one and a half for plus one sixty. I don't know. But that's about it. And that's I don't even know if I would do that. Next fight: Gregor Gillespie minus two forty-five. Brad Radell. Hi, Radell. 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 The name. Fucking Brad Radell. He's pretty cool. Yeah. From New Zealand. Sort of my words. We say six instead of six. 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 Sort of. <laughs> Sorry. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible New Zealand accent. Um, but, you know, I like Brad Riddell. Uh, he was a dog I was looking at, and money only keeps going higher on him. Maybe as an angle. But like I said on the Die Hard MMA pod, I still may end up picking Gillespie here. And boy, was I impressed when I... Re it's been a while since I revisited Gregor, and I was like, what am I going to do picking against this guy? You know, Brad Riddell gives takedowns early, and then, like, wins rounds two and three seems to be his MO. But I don't think he wants to do that against Gregor, who capitalizes on those get-up positions against the cage. That's his specialty. Um, and furthermore, um, he doesn't seem to get tired. In fact, he thrives on his grappling ability going into deep round sounds and looks very confident when he goes into this third round. So when I went to back, wa uh, watch back, he doesn't get tired enough, nor does Riddell show the one-shot knockout power enough. Uh, he will sprinkle in some knees and uppercuts, but not nearly enough, even against guys that have clearly just been trying to grapple him. I really wish they'd stop giving him grapplers, if he somehow beats Gregor, they're going to give him my guy Armin Saryukian because that would be total vintage UFC matchmaking, making either grapplers, good guys, or guys I like constantly fight grapplers and making guys I like at the most at 155 fight each other. I fucking hate when they do that. But I guarantee that's what happens if he gets past Gregor. However, uh, I'm going to be picking the latter. If this line keeps going north, maybe I still will sprinkle on Riddell just on the money line, but I can't pick against Gregor here. Um, so apologies if anything misled you, although, you know, again, both me and Clint reserve our right to pick that early, uh, picks that early in the week for a reason, folks. Um, Cheyenne Bai is now up to minus 340, uh, Monstrat Ruiz plus 280, uh, Cheyenne opened minus 250, so she's went up pretty much almost a whole dollar, she's my pick here. I wasn't able to write, watch Ruiz, but, you know, that, that loss to, uh, What's her face in Invicta was kind of worrisome. I didn't get to go back and watch that, but she has like grappling and wrestling stuff. But she's also, you know, from the Mexican scene. So, and again, not, not to insult, kind of like when I was on my man Clint, I was like, I'm not trying to insult the South Africa scene, but you know, and I, I referenced Ruan Potts, and of course, someone in the comment section is like, hey, cheers from South Africa. I'm like, I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> 
So I'm definitely not trying to do that to my Mexican brothers and sisters. Who am I fucking Don King when, uh, you know, there's a, you know, I forget what, what boxing match that was where, the, where it was in Mexico City and they were throwing the red seat cushions into the ring. And he was like, I just want to say that I love my Mexican brothers and sisters. Before I say anything else, I just, and he's like ducking like chair seats. Like he's just, his main goal is to get out of there alive. Fuck, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm sounding like that guy. Well, yeah, I'm not trying to insult, uh, you know, I always speak highly of Mexican fighters on this show. You guys know that. Um, so we'll see. She, she's probably livelier than the odds represent, but I'm going to go with Cheyenne Bias. Of course, a little bit of bias. I used to train with her when she was Cheyenne Bellismus, uh fighting over at Tough Enough. Next fight's got some bias too, but I will be sprinkling. I'm just going to wait for the line to continue to go in on the hype adrian Giannis 230 gustavo lopez plus 190 hype is deserved by the way like i like this kid when he was coming into contenders uh gave him an a in my review um was excited for him coming in excited for his did his you know did well in his first ufc fight like i'm not doubting the kid folks i like him but we see it all the time with the contender series hype and he is one that i think is not going to burn out that being said, Gustavo Lopez is is, is the truth. Um, he's got to come out and fight, but we've seen him on short notice against guys like Marab. He's still in there. He's got the cardio. He's got the chin. He's a good wrestler and a good scrambler. He's got knockout power on the feet. He's got shifting KOs and counters. Um, so at this price, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take a shot, even if there was no bias. I mean, I've seen Gus... I, I've I've seen some small of him compared to the people at Extreme Couture because I'm never in there in the past few years. But even back in the day, he was helping pros, giving them fits. Let's just say, folks, it was not a comedy. He's he was part of camps for a reason. Put it that way, okay? So I'll be sprinkling on Gus. You don't got to jump off the cliff with me. Uh, although I will say my Extreme Couture bias picks have been doing better than more often than not. And I don't always pick them, by the way. I will pick against them for what it's worth. But uh, as, even though I'm legitimately high... And I have the written proof prior to say so on Yanez. Not a hater, folks. But I'm going with Lopez here. Next fight. Max Griffin minus 210. Song Kernan plus 175. I hope he comes out to some Wang Fei Hong, baby. Some China representation. Oh, sure. Zhong Guo Ren. Zhong Guo Di. Sorry. I'm not gonna, just kidding. I'm not going to despair. But, um, yeah, no... Uh, you know, boy, China could use a W. No, um, yeah, actually, I'm going to stick with that dog pick. I wasn't able to go back and watch this. Um, if you got Max Griffin at the opener, maybe I don't blame you. At minus 127 for sure. I don't blame you, I should say. Um, just like with uh, Gregor, if you got the mi minus 150. However, um, whether I'm picking these guys or not, uh, you know, they're getting the 2-1. to one. I don't think you trust it. Uh, Max Griffin fights close, and he always talks about wanting out cardio guys, which is crazy because he's... Uh, and I love it, you know, He give, you can't accuse him of not giving him it as all, but he's always getting, and a lot of it too is because he's getting rocked in his fights. Um, and that'll, no matter how good your gas tank is, if you get rocked, you get tired. But it's crazy, for whatever the reasons, like Max Griffin's always like in these fucking drag out wars. And his game plan prior to a fight is like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to outwork him. Not cardio him. And he's like in these drag out wars where like, he's almost getting finished in the third. I'm like, that's your game plan? Um, but he, he does work his ass off, uh, but he's a big boy, um, which is part of the reason why he fought at middleweight a lot on the regional scene, although a lot of that is because he couldn't get fights until before getting in the UFC. Um, that being said, I don't know if Clint changed his pick, but uh, my early lean is, is with him, and it's still with him as far as Kanon by KO. It's going to be a smaller window. Um, I just don't think that he's going to be able to gas Kanon, and Kanon's shown to scramble uh, pretty decently. So even if he does go the takedown route, I don't think he's going to be able to meaningfully get anything off there or hold Kenon down, and it'll probably just make, to my previous point, make Max Griffin tire faster. Um, and those counter right hands are there, even though Max Griffin keeps a high guard. I didn't go to see how many times Kenon mixes in the uppercut, which was effective for Alex Oliveira, who, by the way, like that shouldn't have been a split. It was, it was for me, a fairly clear decision i know he ended it looking bad with that bad look in the third round for alex Oliveira, but it was also like the worst alex Oliveira i've ever seen so yeah i don't i didn't get to go back to watch and i won't rewatch that fight i didn't go back to rewatch the tko stoppage which is probably good because it got gruesome for griffin and i didn't watch any of song's fights ahead of this so this is a lot of off, off memory folks so forgive me um that being said i'm gonna pick 
uh, Kanan. I didn't. Uh, I officially picked him, so I'm going to stick with it. And I may sprinkle a little bit too, because that line keeps growing. Um, but it's nothing I would fall me off on a cliff on, folks. Next fight: Tai Tuivasa versus Harry Hansucker. Do I gotta? Do I even gotta put the Protecting Egg podcast twist and get get creepy with that name? That kind of already does it. Harry Hansucker. Please tell me he's got a hairy chest. Tai is minus forty-five, which he opened at minus three eighty-five. He's already went up a whole dollar. Leaving Harry Hunsucker as a plus 350 dog. I'm picking Ty here. I was picking Mays. Uh, sucks that one didn't come through. Um, Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, Macy Chasson, minus 210 versus Marion Renault, plus 175. Same as I broke this down fight down before. Same as I broke it down on Clint's podcast is that I this is a spot where I get why you would look to fade with Renault. I like Renault. always have, but her footwork... Uh, and her boxing and her physicality is becoming less of a presence, less of offensive presence overall, and that should be her strong suit. Plus, being taken down, she was getting bullied around in the clinch against Pennington, who, depending on who you ask, is impressive, I know. But it just, I don't know. It just was not a good look. So uh, I'm I'm going to go with Kiss on here. If the price went lower, I would have played her, but it seems like it's going to stay at 2-1. to one, So I'm staying away from that. Next fight, Grant Dawson, minus 190 versus Leonardo Santos, making his annual appearance at plus 165. Um, I submitted Santos for my pick, so I'm going to stick with that for Junkie. Um, don't take me too seriously on this. I, I don't want to doubt Grant Dawson, but I will pick against him here because this seems like the fight where it's like this guy is all submissions, all grappling. And he doesn't come from a wrestling base. He's a kid that grew up doing MMA. He can wrestle competently. Obviously, takedowns are part of the Kraus... Uh, glory MMA game plan, you know, overwhelming your opponent. But as we saw, Leonardo Santos um, can still scramble, can still hit counter right hands to put down prospects on the rise, right? And not many people want to grapple with him for good reason. Um, so if that's what Grant Dawson wants to do, maybe he's old enough to where the hips aren't as good and he can get away with top position, but to play that game... And coming in, and he's going up, and you know, even though I think he is a natural 155er, he's not going to be small for the weight class necessarily. But yeah, he's he's coming back up to 155 since his uh, amateur days or earlier pro days. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, he's a young kid. Everyone's got to you know um, hit their stumbling blocks. Uh, not wishing ill on him, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Leonardo Santos, the vet here. Uh, maybe I'll sprinkle on him. We'll see. Because I imagine this line's going to get wider for Dawson as time goes. Roman Delize still at minus 115. He came down from minus 150 opener. Um, so, uh, and he looked, you know, good on, made weight, looked good on the weight scale. So I'm going to play Delize. I know he's a wild man, uh, but thankfully he's got a guy like Eric Nixick in his corner who slowed his role, although he did do his darndest to cash for the submission prop for us, didn't he, last time? That being said, when push came to shove, he listened to Eric Nixick, kept it to ground and pound, and uh, I think he can out-grapple uh, Jay Giles, who's not going to have uh, Joe Solis on the uh, judging panel to save him. I'm going to go the Lidze by uh, either late stoppage or um, decision by out-grappling Jay, Jay Giles. Uh, and I played the Lidze at minus 115 at the discounted race. After he made weight. So I actually laid the chalk. That is my one play. I lay 1.5 units at minus 115. Um, outside of the dogs that I'm going to be sprinkling on, folks. So there it is. Um, next fight. Girl, if it's all right. Montel Jackson's going to get it on to Saturday night. Minus 160. But he's got Jesse Strader, who's 5'8", and looks like a wrestler. Minus 490. It's one on one Saturday night. I'm going to pick Jackson here. But you bet your ass I'm going to sprinkle on the dog just for the hell of it. I didn't get to back to go watch J.C. Strader, who looks like he's done some wrestling and has got some jiu-jitsu as well. Looks like it's pretty stout. If he's got a good gas tank, uh, you know, maybe he could beat Montel because um, what's this fight at? Is this fight at 135? Yeah, I don't think Montel Jackson's at the right weight class. That's why I faded him before. Um, sure enough, he runs out of gas, and the output's in question. And just like other guys, like Andre Uhl, sure enough, another tall guy runs out of gas. Outputs in question, whether they have grappling bases or not, fall apart on the ground. Who else fell apart on the ground is subject to uh, mysterious injuries and fading. Uh, Sean O'Malley, another tall, lanky guy, fighting at 135, shouldn't be at the weight class. Weight cutting, as we learned, with Storyolenko on the scales, is tough enough, folks, on the body. It does a lot of damage that we don't see. 
Uh, I believe that is 10x when you're stripping already stripped skinny frames. So as much as all the lotted reach advantages and chokes and all the tired, tried and true stereotypes with a long frame, there's a there's a negative one that your boy here has been um, has been has been watching uh, and, and cashing cashing on. So for what that's worth, not saying Montel Jackson doesn't deserve to be favored. Not saying he doesn't win here. He's my official pick, but there's a reason why I, I squint at the continual overinflation of these guys. But, you know, when you listen to, like, you know, I'm not even going to throw shade because there's too much of that and we need to be a lot nicer in this community. But, yes, and I'm ill-prepared this week, so who the fuck am I to talk? But, yeah, some of the more ill-prepared or less less technically depth, uh, you know, betting analysts out there will be like, oh, look at the reach advantage, and that's the reason why they play. Like, the reach advantage? Like, oh, my God. Like, immediately, when someone's hanging their hat on reach advantage, they probably don't know a lot about the sport. And I'm not saying it's not important, and there aren't proven stats. Go ask my go ask my guy Reed Coon and read his book. Uh, again, legit numbers analyst, not not throwing shade, plugging them in fact, right? Uh, some in fact, just saying in general. When you hear dudes out there fucking hanging their hat on reach advantage, um, that's why you get these inflated lines minus six eighty. Uh, all right, JP buys minus one forty five. Bruno Silva plus one twenty five. Bruno Silva's a popular dog. I looked. I couldn't remember who I picked. It looks like I picked Silva. I know I was leaning toward him. I picked him on my official junkie picks, so I'm going to stick with Bruno Silva there. See if he can finally get his day. Um, but JP buys, man. Again, say what you will about the South Africa scene. JP buys out here in the States working with, uh, again, performance enhancing drugs there. You want to talk about PEDs, real PEDs. Safe, my man, Safe Sayud, hard guy to pick against. Uh, this is the one fight. Fighter, though, I think I'm officially picking against him. Uh, and again, JP Baez, I think I gave him an A, folks, on my grading the winners. I'm not a hater here. I know uh, that this guy is good. Uh, you know, I'm not discounting him, but uh, I'll, I'll just take the more experienced uh, guy in the test and wait and see spot. And of course, Avila and Storielenko is thankfully no longer happening, um, even though the commission, even though she fainted and uh, borderline passed out once, decided to have Ju Julija Storielenko uh, go back up on the scales where it was scary that she passed out, which, by the way, folks don't realize how much close that happens. I felt drunk and hitting the scales where, like, I don't remember the weigh-ins. Like, it felt like a night where I was both, like, drinking and taking Xanax, which I don't recommend. Um, but, like, that's what it felt like on a weigh-in, you know. Um, last time I made the 140s. Um, so this shit's more common. A, it's more common than, than y'all think, but B, how about more importantly, how about the commission, you know, in the name of safety, right? You know, whether it's commission or USADA, like I'm never getting a job with these guys with how much I've publicly criticized them, but you got Olympians like Cejudo, you know, stating the obvious that I've been stating like, dude, y'all didn't notice everyone's still coming in looking jacked guys. Like the name of safety. No, we're getting guys fucking buying DHEA fucking supplements that all the women would buy when I worked at Whole Foods, you know? Or we're getting fucking marijuana offenders because, you know, in the name of safety, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get fighters to go back in after getting their eyes poked or after getting concussed, making them go through DUI tests and making them, you know, even though they don't pass the DUI test on the weigh-in scale that I always talk about folks to look for, if they look like they're passing a DUI, trying, if the fighter looks like they're trying to pass a DUI test, it's a tough cut. That's what you got with Storyalenko, who clearly failed it, right? Um, and they tried to make her do it again, which was bullshit. And then when she faints and passes and falls on her ass, thankfully she didn't hit her head, they try to immediately bring her back up to her feet. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these commission members? Like, y'all's job is fucking safety. But all you do is fucking swing your dicks around, pump your chest out, and find people for fucking weed. Meanwhile, fighters are still fucking getting hurt on the scales, on their way to the scales, in the fights. And one of the only things to remedy these pains that don't fucking do long-term effects is marijuana, and that's what y'all are fucking out for. I don't know about you guys, but does the, does the look at all these incidents from eye pokes, head trauma, weight cuts, everyone looking jacked by world champion and Olympic-owned admissions. Y'all think this is a safer sport? What are we paying? And if so, what the fuck are we paying these people for? Much less paying them respect for. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, okay. How do we do on time? Ooh, 59 minutes, uh, about an hour. Okay. Um, taking Holland over Brunson. Taking 
Gillespie over Rodell High. Taking Cheyenne buys over Ruiz. Taking Gus Gustavo, Gus Frain Lopez over Yanez. Taking Song Kenan uh, over Max Griffin. Taking Tai Tuivasa over Harry Hunsucker. Taking Macy Chasson over Marion Renault. Taking Leonardo Santos over Grant Dawson's Creek. I'm sure he hates that. Um, sorry, Grant. You're a good kid. I don't mean to take the cheap shot. That probably you were fucking... Lord knows. I don't need to be bringing back shit kids were bullied with, with on this week. for. <laughs> um, taking Delize over Jay Giles. Uh, taking Jackson over Strader. Taking Silva over Buys. And... Uh, Plays Dolize 1.5 units straight. Um, Going to sprinkle on Santos and Lopez when the, and, the, and Song probably when the lines get wider, but it'll be small, and I don't recommend you falling off that cliff. No parlays. You're looking for a week to quit, ch- quit chalk? This is the card for you. No parlays, no props. Nothing to avoid because it's all avoid for me. Um, thank you, guys. Hit the Amazon on it. So I'll do the Amazon reads later. Amazon and on it click-throughs if you want to support this free show. I hate even plugging on a week like this because I didn't really even give you guys I don't deserve it. But it's at MixedMartialAnalyst.com along with the PayPal and links. Of course, YouTube channel, one-year celebration today. Thank you. I meant to hit 1,000 subscribers, but I'll take 400. It's still probably 400 more than I deserve. Appreciate you guys. Daniel, Tom, MMA, if you want to go help subscribe that ship. Apologies for the 20, 25 minutes of fucking ranting. But it meant close to home, and I love you guys all. I really do. This isn't to target anybody. It's just to get some recognition for women, other races, minorities, even 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 love to the sex workers out there. Um, so please, don't be an asshole. Sit back and l- listen when it's time to listen. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always, protect your nuts.